0: Um, hey, Sharon. Firstly, uh, thank you for agreeing you know, to do a podcast episode with me. Um, can we start with a little introduction about yourself and the work that you do? Uh, that, that's that's great too um, here. i'm I'm super excited to learn from your knowledge, you know expertise and in you know, a global perspective. So yeah, diving right into the topic, right? So ju- just curious on you know want to know or just want to learn more about you know what was the American you know history of racism after civil rights movement? Yeah. So do you think it has changed in, in the past 20 years, at least? Or the change, you know, the racism, you know, the level of discrimination, yeah, yeah, sure. Fair. Yeah. So can you give a couple of examples in terms of what was the pushback or like in what segments there is really a pushback? Just want to learn more about it.
1: Yep. yep. True.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we should definitely teach or educate ourselves or not our kids in the totality of the history because without knowing the history or learning about the history, you know, the present is not very relevant. Right? You have to understand it to make sure, you know, to understand or observe the present and, and, and take it forward. Right. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. And And since you mentioned about critical race theory, can you provide us some insights about it? Yeah. So in the sense that I think, so what what does that totality mean in the sense um, it's about, you know, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. sure. True, true. Because you know, if I think there has been pushback for this critical race theory in general, uh, I've, I've you know, been reading about it a little bit. So it also co- directly or indirectly conveys that every you know white person is a racist, consciously or unconsciously. Uh, you know, and then they can make choices, you know, that may fuel to racism at least, even they may not realize. So w- what's your thought process on it?
2: Oh.
1: sure sure yeah
0: sure I mean I, I see uh, where you're coming from and and I, I agree with uh, you know all these things but if you you know I just want to think you know as a in, you know, in the shoes of a white person, right? Like, you know, if you think take about, you know, average American, uh, white American, and you know, if they're just, let's say, they are, you know, living their life, you know, without doing any harm to any or without doing any of these racist things, and they just want to care, take care of their family, and just just live their life, right, in a normal way. So, why should those americans really should care about you know critical race theory and, and anti racism in general because sure they have an they, they have an advantage but it doesn't mean that you know uh i mean they have to now let, let let it go or like they have to start contributing to it right should they really care about it
2: That's
0: sure. So, you know that that makes you know all all sense uh, in logically right. But if you think about it, why should you know, uh, I think that I am you know, benefiting from the being the oppressor, right? You know, that's that's a long history and I don't actually have to care about it right now. Or you know, in fact thinking about this racism and being an oppressor and thinking of the fact that hey, I earned this income by oppressing other people or my grandparents earned this income. So in fact, if you consciously think and do something about it, that makes them more uncomfortable than their regular day life, right? So if you start asking these, you know, critical questions and the, if you talk about critical race theory, you know, that makes that can make them very uncomfortable. You know, they're just happy the way they are. So why should, they're not, you know, worse in the system. So why should they really care about it is, is what I'm trying to say. I think even this concept of humanity may be subjective to them, right? For example, if you if I you know think from their standpoint, in a way, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, what what is I mean, I don't know what how people think about it, but you know, uh, maybe you know, humanity can be very subjective, right? For example, for some people, it can be so, you know donating some meals in a certain days, you know, and they are incredibly happy with it without looking at the global picture of what they earned or what they don't earn, you know, that they still think that they are doing great, right? And, you know, watching for black persons or, you know, uh, underrepresented or undeserved communities, you know, watching for them. And some people think that, hey, you know, we are an an, an ally for them and see, we are doing great in in general. So why should you, you know, I think this, this concept of humanity in general is uh, very subjective. So,
1: Yep. Sure. 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 Yep. Sure.
0: Yep. I agree. So uh, I you know I'm totally with you on in terms of we definitely need to change this. Um and, and it's some uh, majority of it has to be rewritten because it has been unfair to many, many groups. And to be honest, across the you know world, right. And particularly in US. So, because, um, uh, you know, the reason that I ask this is that, for example, you know, if you talk, even if you talk about anti-racism or critical race theory, you know, I think it certainly makes, you know, uh, we are certainly calling out that, hey, you know, you all are racist, you know, knowingly or unknowingly. So, and you have to change about it. You know, you have to change, you have to start talking. It's like, you know, and and technically most of the, you know, white Americans may or may not, doesn't have to care about it because they're just living their normal lives. Right. And so um, what I'm saying is, you know, we are, We think that we may be asking the difficult questions, but I think those questions can make them, you know, uncomfortable and and take them towards more right uh, is is what I'm thinking. So...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yep <laughs> yep Sure.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah, you know, makes sense, Uh, right? Um, And and those are, you know, in that's a basic necessity that everyone should expect. But uh, it's very sad that it hasn't been so, so common. And, and I totally agree that we need to talk more about it or we need to find more ways to, you know, resolve or work towards equality. But here I'm going to, you know, quote John McWater, right. Who is the author and the linguist. And, uh, he's the author of, uh, the woke racism, I guess. So he says that, you know, the concept of anti-racism is being taken extreme, thus leading to the oak racism, which in turn will only harm black community. Right. And and I can see why he's coming from that that perspective and, and want to get your thoughts on it.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah, makes sense. I think you know. I think one perspective to that is that, sure, you know, for example, if you ta- if we take the privilege example that we are talking um, right before this question, right? So. Instead of saying that, hey, you have all the privileges, you know, you can go to the doctor, you cannot be stopped by police or something, you know, should we approach this saying that, hey, you know, we don't still have access to medical care or we are still being harassed by police instead of calling the out their privileges or the privileges of the majority or or white American, is there any harmonial way to say that, hey, you know, we are in 2023 and we still don't have access to these things and it's very brutal cannot, can't we go from that standpoint instead of, you know, calling out critical race theory or, or, you know, or, you know, uh, and and, and anti-racism and all. Agree. But, but.
1: Sure.
2: sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I think, I mean, we definitely need to have these uh, discussions and and we definitely need to call out in in certain, you know, regards or in in maybe all the other regards. Um, But, you know, the other question that I have for you is, for example, if you're thinking purely from anti-racism standpoint, uh, don't you think we see everything with with the racist lens? In the sense... (laughs) Because you know, le- le- you know, I just I just have an analogy here, right? Uh, see, <laughs> so I have an analogy here. Uh, you know, to be honest, this is one of the questions that I asked. Uh, you know, I went to a HBCU for my masters. This is one of the questions that I asked one of my um, you know co- colleagues back then as well. Um, so let's say you know I want to buy a car, and if I go on the road, all I see is that certain car for the most part, right? I mean, there are many other things going on too, but I just see that you know, car. So similarly, you know, if you are, you know, I might be giving just a horrible example, but you, you probably understand the point, right? So if you are just thinking about this concept of antithesis, what we see or what we call out is mostly that. So do you think that's the right approach?
1: Sure. true yeah
0: Sure. Yeah, I, I know. I agree with with you, um, because uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not sure because if if the foundation is not right, I'm not sure how the <laughs> how the upper layers can be fixed um, without disrupting the foundation. So, but I'm not sure whether that's a possibility uh, given the nature of our society, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. I got gotcha.
1: you.
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So I think you know I'm glad that you're you're calling out and you're providing more equitable approach. You know that might seem very radical to you know many organizations or companies because you know it's just not <laughs> what we do. And and it the most difficult change that we can actually get is you know the, to change the perspectives or thoughts of the people, right? So it's it's not easy. Uh, but but I'm super Grateful uh, that you're doing, you are doing in a lot of a lot of work that is very impo- important to the humanity and, and many people in US. Uh, thanks for that, Sharon. So, and and coming, you know, I also want to get your thoughts on one more thing, Sharon. So, again, quoting back John McWhorter, right? So, say that if we take this anti-racism concept to on the little extreme side, it in fact, instead of giving us the results, it may push the people who are in the center, you know, may mostly the white, you know, American may be towards right, you know, which might get Trump reelected. So what he's saying is, you know, that's bad for the black community itself. So should maybe we might have to take a different approach. I'm not sure whether he proposed a solution, but he's essentially calling out that this is not the right way of doing things. And then he's a black too. So What's your take on it? Sure.
2: Sure. sure. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Sure. But, but do you think people uh, are really investing or want to invest in, you know, educating themselves who are on the fence? I
1: mm-hmm.
0: agree. I think, you know, one small conversation or one one article at a time, you know, can take us a long way um, and, and can play a big role in the equitable society for sure. So I just, uh, you know, I have one more question, you know, uh, to ask. So when I was reading about critical race theory and anti-racism, I've seen this in multiple places that these things are actually discrimin- dis- discriminatory against whites, so which in fact is also a racism. So w- what's your take on it? de Yeah, yeah, uh, so I, <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny you call that out, but, but you know, that that's the reality of the society. But, you know, even this may not be racist, but even this biases and being discriminatory can, in turn, be harmful for the black community itself, right? Because you then start rebelling, and then, you know, people might take hard stance, you know, which might not eventually result in a good result that the black community is expecting
1: sure sure mm. yep yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. Because so far, we may have been vocal, we may not have been loud enough in terms of, you know, calling this out or in, in terms of voicing the opinions. Uh, but I think that should be done. And that should, you know, that will definitely go a long way. I think yeah, I mean, we definitely have to, you know, continue the fight and, and uh, keep fighting for our rights. So I, I know I agree with you on it. So thanks for, you know, sharing all this, Sharon. I know, you know, these are not, you know, may may look that I'm approaching, you know, a different way. You know, I, I'm just trying to eliminate some of the biases that in general people have and, and eliminate my own biases as well. So, you know, just, just give us to understand your thoughts on what Immigrants should learn about the black history and and racism in U.S., Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, thanks for sharing that. I think this, there is a lot of education that needs to be done um, because what we learned in the past is very curated in, in many ways. Um, and that is only leading us to think from one standpoint. I think being conscious about it and finding a way to educate ourselves is very important. Uh, so, and, and the other curious question is, you know, as immigrants, you know, we may not fully understand what black people go through day in and day out. Sure, we understand racism to a certain extent because, you know, Asians have seen, you know, racist attacks too, and but it's not as nearly as close to, you know, what black people go through every day. So, can you educate us a little more on the experiences of black people on day-to-day lives when it comes to racism.
1: That's all you get. Yep. Agree. Yep. If yep. yeah, it's
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely a lot. I think it's as immigrants, we have to you know really consciously understand it, and and find a way to be, you know, an ally, or in the sense, find a way to start questioning or you know supporting uh, many black and underrepresented groups. So, and and how do you think this uh, you know allyship can be done right? Um, because sometimes it's not an easy conversation to have, so... Yeah, I think uh, uh, definitely those, thanks for sharing those. Um, I think I can um, see the importance of those. And, and the one point that I really want to call out is finding a way to interrupt it, right? It's not that expressing the support after it has happened because essentially that doesn't solve the root cause. So I think finding a way to interrupt and finding a way to be vocally and actively supporting um, the black and underrepresented groups is very, very important. So, yeah. So th- thanks for sharing all these, Sharon. So, you know, two last questions um, for you. So I think, I think this, this might be a little interesting. Let's see how this goes, but how do you think racism can be solved in U.S., right? And if given superpowers to you to take some measures that every American can follow, what would you do to solve with them? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense, I think. And and do you think that, you know, if let's say wealth is distributed equally uh, in the sense that if everyone has access to housing, Medicare, education, um, then the racism can be solved in a way or? will be more equitable, uh, that's true, but will not solve racism. Thanks. Thanks for sharing this. This is, oh, I'm with you on it. So, yeah. Thanks. Uh, so one, yeah, one last question. Uh, I think this is this is one question that I ask every guest on my podcast. Is can you help us learn something in two minutes that took very long time for you to learn? Whatever it comes to mind, you know, it can be just uh, yeah, anything about anything. Well, yeah, that, that's deep. So uh, I don't know how we can address the water in you know, a shark. Sure, we can do so many things, but yeah, I don't know how we can change or transform the water, uh, but but yeah, makes sense. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a long way to go, but but yeah, I think it all starts with one step and one conversation. And and thanks for all the work that you do with uh, your you know mission mission equity and anti racism newsletter. I've read you know many of the articles and they gave me a lot of insight and they add a lot of value to my knowledge. So thanks for doing uh, everything, Sharon. And thanks for your time today. It has been a great experience, and this is kind of the conversation that I've been wanting to have for a long time, uh, so that you know we can eliminate you know many biases, which is my goal with this podcast. Thank you. I, I I it's it's um good so good to you know hear that so thank you.